Praise God. Um, wow, what a wonderful day, amen. Just, uh, I've, I've, I always look forward to church, you know, like it's just like you're, if you miss church, it seems like your week doesn't go right, you know, like, you know, we've been sometimes on vacation or traveling and the airline schedule somehow it makes it to where you, you miss a service from time to time. And you just think, what is wrong with me by Tuesday? You know, you feel like you're, uh, somebody said, like, you feel like you're washing your feet with your socks on. Something just isn't quite right, you know? And that's how it feels. But what a wonderful thing to come together and worship God. There's just something strengthening about worshiping God together with other believers and hearing a message. It's a, uh, I think a last Sunday or the Sunday before, I was preaching a message, and um, so, uh, this lady came up to me, and she said, um, uh, I, I think it was one of the uh, members of the Richards family, she came up to me, and she said, that message was just right for me. And uh, and uh, another person came up and said, well, I thought it was right to me. <laughs> so it's funny how the God uses the same message, and it seems like he's speaking a customized prophetic word to your life. Amen. And uh, the words like that, it just is adaptable to whatever our thing is that we're going through. Amen. Well, this morning I'm going to preach to you. I'm sure it's not a new story. It's probably one of the first Bible stories that uh, we learn as a child, maybe, is uh, um, uh, the, the, the story of David and Goliath. And uh, how he defeated this giant, and I, 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 I entitled my message today, Giant Slaying, and I'll give you some tips on slaying giants as you go out today to your uh, life <laughs> and uh, uh, slay giants, amen? Yes. Now, your giant, you know, this, this was a literal giant, but your giant uh, might present itself in a different form. It could be the name of an illness, some symptoms. It could be uh, financial lack or debt or uh, business challenges in some way. It could be a legal thing. It could be, you know, any number of things, right? Dealing with family. Uh, it's it's kind of like I heard Shannon say a few days back, she goes, everybody got family. <laughs> Amen. We all have family, don't we? We all have people to deal with and uh, uh, opportunities to walk in patience and love and uh, long-suffering and forgiveness. Praise the Lord. Golden opportunities. You know, sometimes we'll pray, Lord, you know, uh, give me wisdom and, and strengthen me and, and uh, you know, cause me to be deeper and most people, when they're talking about beating in the deeper things of God, that means they want a more exotic experience at some, you know, charismatic meeting or something. But usually if we, if we're thinking, I want to be matured, I have heard people, I just want to grow in the things of God and I want to be mature. So what the Lord will do is, uh, uh, you know, send friends and family to you. Praise the Lord. To, <laughs> To help you with that. <laughs> and you go, I don't like this method. Well, it's the best one. <laughs> Amen. 
And so sometimes you wonder if the cure's worse than the thing. I don't know, but uh, praise God. It's funny, isn't it? Because we've all been there. All right. Um, anyway, our giant might not be named Goliath, Goliath, but you know, the name of your, can- uh, the name of your cancer, the name of your giant might be cancer. It might be arthritis. It might be a marriage problem might be the name of your giant. It might be a relationship. It, like I said, it could be debt or lack, just plain lack. You just don't even have enough, you know? And so that could be the name of your giant. So you kind of be thinking of that along as I'm preaching today that the name of your, what is the name of your giant? What are you dealing with? What needs to be slain, literally killed and moved out of the way? Amen. Now don't think of your ex-wife or husband or somebody. You know, we don't want to turn this into the murder, the murder message. But uh, <laughs> that's funny. You know, there's a story about that on marriage uh, that uh, Barbara Bush, you know, when when, when George Bush was uh, George um, the first, <laughs> George Bush Sr. was president, they were hosting a dinner, special dinner at the White House, and uh, Barbara Bush was sitting next to... Uh, um, Mrs. Billy Graham, and uh, so, um, Ru- you know, Ruth Graham. And so she asked her, Barbara Bush was real vivacious, you remember, and just kind of never shy. And she said, I just have a question about you and Reverend Graham. She says, yeah. She said, did, have you ever, did, did any time in your marriage of like 40-something, 50 years, have you ever contemplated divorce? Have you ever you know, been to the close to, to the edge of it or whatever. And she said, no, divorce never. Murder, yes, but not divorce. <laughs> so anyway, I think that's hysterical. Don't take that literally and go out and shoot somebody and say, I told you to. So anyway, we've got all kinds of characters here. We've got this giant ogre thing, (laughs) and we've got an army that's not very brave, apparently, and a shepherd boy, and God's even in the middle of this because of something David said. So, you know, this is like a lot of verses in 1 Samuel 17 that tells the story. I'm not going to stand here and read them all. You know the story, but I want you to look at, you know, they're, they're on... They're in a valley, and on the on the side on one side um, was um, the Philistines and their giants that they had out front. Like this is their cannons. I mean, this is the, these these big giant guys are the are the the secret weapon. And then on the other side, you've got the children of Israel. And what was later described by David as the armies of the living God. Now, I always say about this that Goliath was a very large man with a very tiny brain. Because had he thought 
when he heard David say about the armies of the living God, defying them, and mention the name of God, if he would have been smart, he would have said, oh, oops, I thought we were out here just to whip a bunch of Jews, uh, some little Israelite people, but, uh, oh, so God's on your side? Okay, peace, man, peace, truce, white flag, something. But, um, he wasn't that smart. It just made him matter. And, um, that's the thing, uh, again, that I want you to see about this is that, you know, he defied, he thought he's defying a shepherd boy and a few people that have demonstrated their fear of this man. So he's got them already just in, I mean, he's got them just in their heads. They're already defeated. They're done. They're whipped with, with nothing, no, no, Spears being thrown or arrows being shot. They're just done. And so he knows that, but then, you know, don't you have somebody to come out here and fight me? And, uh, of course, he, he goes out, but he thinks he's fighting a few people, but he's actually fighting God. Now, you know what that tells you and I? Don't take it personal when the devil attacks you. Because I've heard people say, well, why am I going through this? And why is this happening to me? <laughs> Narcissistic <laughs> Christian center. <laughs> why is it always about me? It's a, he's attacking me. I just seem to go from one thing to the next or whatever. And, you know, like one lady would said, you know, what's wrong with me? It seems like I just go from one attack to another. And I said, well, sit down. I got really terrible, horrible news for you. You need to brace yourself. What is it? You're alive. Welcome to the planet. Dead people don't have these problems. Only live people deal with these tribulations. Amen. And so thank God for his grace, number one. Thank God for his goodness we sang about. We sang about amazing grace. We sang about victory. We sang that He is Lord. We sang that He is faithful. All those good things and the goodness of God finally. And then we can sing and worship like that and be all euphoric and then <laughs> face a trial of life and go, I don't know why this is happening to me. Well, it's like uh, Dodie Osteen said, if we weren't going to need faith, there wouldn't be any. <laughs> God wouldn't give you a, a tool or a weapon to use or the Word of God if there wasn't a need for it. Amen? So, hey, you know, in this sense, we are all the same boat, is that we all face the trials of life, tribulations, shortcomings, things. But uh, thank God, we don't have to take it personal. The devil really doesn't care that much about you. I hate to break the news. And uh, I heard something the other day that was really fun, funny about people, but it can be the devil too. Don't let him live rent-free in your mind. <laughs> Just tell you stuff. Lie. He's a liar, liar, pants on fire. And he's trying to tell us that like this large man with tiny brain, he's trying to tell us, he, he's a liar and he's a, and he's, and he breathes out threatenings. Like, 
I'm going to defeat you. This time you're not coming out of it. This time you're going under. This time you're not going to, you know, have the victory at the end. You're going to be embarrassed. You're going to be ashamed. You're going to be humiliated. You're going to be, you know, anybody ever hear that from the devil? You know, just, just talk, 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 talk. So we're going to see what David did to that talking head in just a minute. Anyway, we got a, we got a description here of, of Goliath. There went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines, this verse four, named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. And it talks about all of his armor. So this is pretty formidable. You know, I mean, he's not just nothing. Hey, sometimes the pro- the troubles of our life, we're not saying they're just nothing. I mean, they, they can be serious. They can be life or death, right? They can be make it or not make it. Make it or break it, as we say. But so we need to understand, uh, apparently, the Holy Spirit, having this written and held together in the canon of Scripture, the Holy Spirit wants us to to understand what we're up against. So it's good to know what you're up against. Amen. Not just hide. Faith is not an ostrich with his head in the sand when the lion's approaching. Amen. So we want to know. Some, some people think ignorance is bliss, but ignorance can cost you a lot. So you need to know what you're dealing with. What's, what's the need? What would, what would it take? See, cause back over to faith confession, Mark 11, 23, is it's whoever has the courage to say what needs to be said. So you wouldn't know what to say if you don't know what you're up against. Amen? So sometimes it's good to know. Uh, it says he had a helmet of brass upon his head. He was armed with a coat of mail. The weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. He had uh, greaves of brass upon his legs, a target of brass, between his shoulders and the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. It's a heavy spear. And his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron and one bearing a shield went before him. He was so big and his equipment so large that he had to have a shield bearer or armor bearer out in front. Amen. Now, some circles have people assigned, and they call them armor bearers because they carry the Bible, usually in a Louis Vuitton bag. But, uh, or fake Louis Vuitton bag. But I'll tell you something about that. Most of those people, if, if the devil really showed up, they would get behind their prophet, not in front. <laughs> Save me. Well, you're the armor bearer. You're supposed to be out front. Well, I know, but that's the only, you know. Somebody, a friend of mine, uh, he, in fact, he's going to be here the Wednesday night before we start our meeting. We have a special guest speaker, Jeremy Gall. Some of you remember him, and he's just great. They're coming in for the meeting. He asked me if he could preach Wednesday night, and I said yes. <laughs> okay, praise the Lord. Anyway, uh, he, he's always a blessing, but... He said he was in an airport one time and there was this, you could tell by, it was a, a woman minister, which is great. And, but you know, she, you could tell by the way she's dressed, you know, kind of her persuasion. And next to him was a person dressed up in a, in a, really a costume at the airport, like traveling this way. 
And they had a big banner across the front that said, Armor Bearer, you know. In, in. Now, I don't know what TSA thinks of that. I wish you'd have gotten a photograph. I just love stuff like that. It's just because, you know, you kind of can tell where they're from and what they're doing. But the 99% of the people in that airport have no idea or clue what that is. And the armor bearer. And so Jeremy went over to, I'll have to, we'll have to get him to tell the story, but he went over to talk to him is to kind of act, you know, play dumb, you know, like what is, I, I couldn't help but notice your banner <laughs> that said armor bearer. What does that mean? You know, and she's like, I'm bearing the whatever of the might as well be speaking in tongues at that moment, right? <laughs> to try to explain that. Anyway, I think that's hysterical. But this guy, Goliath, he actually did have an, uh, a shield bearer at least, uh, and part of the armor is he's part of the defense system. So he's out there. This guy's so big, he's got a normal sized man holding the shield. Now, the worst thing about it was he starts talking smack. Have you noticed that you're, is, is this helping anybody is in making any sense? Does anybody in here have a giant that needs to be slain in your life, you know? All right, so uh, the trouble with giants is they're blabbermouths, and they talk smack to you. You know what I mean by that? They just, they lie and they say stuff. Let's see what he's saying. Well, he cried and yelled, why are you come out? This is uh, verse eight to set your battle in array. Am I not a Philistine and you servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come unto me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall Ye be our servants and serve on. Sounds like an insurance company. <laughs> and, the <laughs> and the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. I defy the armies of Israel this day. See, he thinks it's the armies of Israel that he's fighting. Or the army of Scarlet or the army of David, whatever your name is. That, that's, that's who he's fighting against you. But he's going to discover there's there's this we got he's got his secret weapon out front the Philistines we've got ours behind us and I'm going to show you what what will happen with that he said I defy the armies of Israel this day give me a man that we may fight together and so when Saul and all Israel heard the words of the Philistines they were emboldened and had bravery and courage. Is that what it says? They were dismayed and greatly afraid. Oh, great. We're all safe. Oh, I could say something about Washington, D.C. right now, but I'm not. So he talks about David and all of his, you know, uh, background. Some more about Goliath. We don't have time to read all that. And finally, uh, they, they kept saying, uh, you know, telling him what, what, you know, is going on. But look at verse 29 and see what David said about it. Now we know what Goliath is saying. 
Let's see what David said. Now think about it. It's important what you say. It's important what you say to the, to the, the thing that's talking. David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? And he returned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. And when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail. Oh, this is a good word from the Lord. Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go out and fight with this Philistine. I'll go, I'll go get him. Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him. Don't you love the encouragement from management? I'll go. No, no. You, not you. Well, none of them are doing anything. For thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said, now, this is the part I want you to get to about encouraging. Remember when David was at Ziklag? I seem to be obsessed with David. That's my name. I don't know. Narcissistic Christian Center again. The pastor's narcissistic. I might be. I need prayer. Anyway, great stories about David. He was brave, wasn't he? Then he was naughty, but then he was brave again. So, praise the Lord. We'll leave the naughty part out. But... uh. I want you to see something here that was very similar to the situation later that he would face at Ziklag. That it says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Did you know that we need to do that? We need to learn how to do that. If we don't know how, we need to learn how to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Encourage ourselves in the Word. Lift up uh, uh, the Word. And also rename the blessings that God has done. We used to sing an old song, count your blessings, name them one by one, count the many blessings, look what the Lord has done, something like that. And so we would sing that, and again, sometimes you sing stuff just mindless because you know it and doesn't really touch you like it maybe did the first time you heard it. But, uh, you know, that's an important thing. To say, well, now was I ever in this situation before? What did the Lord do? Was I sick unto death and the Lord raised me? Was I up against some financial issues and something happened and came through and came in? Amen? Praise God. And so this is what David does to build his faith. He says... He's, he rehearses. Everybody say rehearses. Because we need to be rehearsal. People of rehearsal. Rehearsing what the Lord has done previously. This strengthens our faith for the fight ahead. David said unto Saul, Thou servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear. And took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him and smote him. And delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. 
Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. Now you see the courage building in his heart by what he's saying. Listen, don't try to think your way out of a pit. Don't try to believe with your mouth shut. Faith's testimony has got to come out of your mouth. This is not dead works trying to teach you to just chant. We're not talking chanting. You know, get a get a Native American Indian drum beat thing going and chanting. We're not talking chanting. What we're talking about is testifying out of your experience with God. Not your experience of what you... Well, I had this back in 1962 and it's come back. You know, No, don't rehearse that. Rehearse... The reason I say 1962 is I remember being a child in tent meetings and they would ask a person, you know, a tent evangelist would ask some lady, what's wrong with you? And then her, instead of her just answering one, the, you know, arthritis, they would tell their whole story until the mic is jerked out of their hand. Well, in 1962, I entered the Memorial Hospital, and you know, and you go on and on, and you think, I am going, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, that's when you're sad you have reserved seats. Uh, okay. <laughs> because it's easier to leave from the back than it is from the, Okay. Slip out. You wait for the prayer. Bow your heads. Boom! Out the door. It's like a trap door. The end prayer is the trap door. He recounted and rehearsed what the Lord has done. And he said, and now he's got courage to say this. This uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing, and this is so prophetic, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. Now, here's a little bit of warfare secrecy, you know, whatever, the, the master plan that idiot with the little brain doesn't get. He thinks he's defied, he said, the armies of Israel. Well, that's true, but the problem is you've got this behind you. Who is that? The, 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 the Lord God barely get by. The Lord God Almighty, every redemptive name of God is behind you. El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. Amen. And all the names of Jehovah. And we've preached on those here before. Uh, more like on a Wednesday night teaching on that, but those names, those redemptive names of, of our, of our Redeemer, <laughs> uh, we, Jesus, amen, we need to know those redemptive names. And uh, he's 
He's, uh, he's all those things at once. Amen? And David said, moreover, he keeps talking. Folks, faith has a testimony. Faith needs to talk. Sometimes we just sit and suffer. But we need to stop sitting and suffer and start talking. Whether we feel like saying it or not. Whether there's any inspiration to say it. I mean, dear Lord in Tulsa, praise the Lord, God's holy city. All I heard was unction, unction, unction. And I'm thinking, well, that's great when you have it. But when you don't, what do you do? And so, you know, the people that I was around when in, you know, prayer school, healing school, they were obsessed with the word unction. You got to go by the unction. What's the unction? Well, sometimes I have unction to stick my head in the bag. You know, as far as just how you feel, come on. You know, unction is great. Praise God for it. Amen. I believe I've got it today. But what about when you don't have it? And if you went by unction or, or any kind of leading, you would think, I'm just going to quit here. This is just ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Yeah, everything the devil does is ridiculous. Welcome to ridiculous. Well, I don't know if y'all are getting anything, but I'm blessed. I'm telling you, you can, and sometimes if something's chronic, it's kind of been hanging. Anybody ever a hanger on giant that just keeps standing there? You can almost get numb to it. Like you're numb, like you don't feel anything. You're just like, you know, that's why you got to keep talking. Keep saying, what is the victory? Thank God my body's healed. Thank God my bills are all paid off. Thank God I have more than enough in every account. Thank God there is no lack. Thank God we do not suffer lack and failure in Jesus' name. Not, Lord, give me grace to go through it. Well, now you have just prayed an impossible prayer. Because he's not going to grace you to suffer. It's not possible. But he will grace you to have the victory over it. So get your mind on the victory. Don't sing victory in Jesus and then sit in the slime pit. Amen? Don't get me started. Why do you preach so hard on this, Pastor? Because I need it. I hope you need it too. But I really need this because sometimes I don't want to confess and I don't want to praise the Lord and I don't want to rejoice and I don't want to clap my hands and thank God for the victory. I want to sit in the corner and cry. <laughs> Does anybody know what you're, what I'm talking about? And, and cry and have regrets and the woulda, shoulda, coulda and oh, what was I thinking? <laughs> That's what I want to do. But that's giving in to the devil. That's settling for the failure. And, 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 and I'll tell you what, take all that angst and pour it into your faith. Hallelujah. Don't let your flesh take over. I'm encouraging you today. Fight on. <laughs> 
Fight the good fight of faith. What's a good fight? It's the one you won. You don't come back to all your friends all beat up with an eye hanging down and blood shooting out. And How'd that street fight go? Well, I lost. It was great. They beat the tar out of me, you know. Well, that's just really smart. No, you would only come back bragging even if your eye is hanging down and blood shooting out. If you won. Well, I look, I'm a little beat up, but I won. <laughs> Woo! Careful, I'll get all Pentecostal on you. He said, uh, all, all these that have been delivered, he said this, uh, this um, Philistine, this giant is going to be the same. Saul armed David with his arm. Don't you love it? The people that are afraid to do it tell you how to do it. The people that's never faced what you face tell you how to do it. Though they were the chickens all huddled over here behind a bush saying, we can't go out there. So David goes, I can go. You're too small. Well, I'm going anyway. Okay, here's how you do it. <laughs> it's always like that, isn't it? You find out the advice givers can't even follow their own advice. And he put on a helmet of brass upon his head and armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. In other words, I haven't, I don't even know how to use this. It's going to be a hindrance. And David put them off him. He, 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 he took them off and laid them aside and said, I ain't wearing any of this. Now there's a great lesson there. There's a grace lesson there in that our flesh effort will actually become a hindrance to what God's doing. Folks, God's solutions are always easy to understand and simple. Get five stones, put them in a sling. When I tell you, hit the dude in the head. This is not deep. You could teach a seven-year-old to do it. But, you know, we've got all this sophisticated equipment. And... Have you ever gone to like a financial institution or something to try to help you with your money? They get you so balled up and, 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 and it gets so deep and hairy and tentacles and everything. And they want to sign you up for the rest of your life, you know, to be making payments to them. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? And it's so complicated and weird. And some of our plans we come up with are so complicated and weird and strange. And God has a simple answer. Preach, Pastor. We need it. All right. So, anyway, the Philistine, look at verse um, 44. 43 says that he cursed David by his gods. Notice little g because we don't recognize them. 
as anything divine or deity. The Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give thy flesh into the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, here we go. Here's faith talking. Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you, large man with a tiny brain, hast defied. You idiot, you have defied God. Now, if the, if the Goliath had had, if the giant had had any sense, he would have said to his advisors, can we have a quick little meeting? Time out, please, seven. What? Well, I didn't know God was behind this. Maybe we should just call this off. But he doesn't. He makes him mad because he's stupid. And he runs towards, the Bible says he runs towards David. But David says to him, so see, you need to pronounce death upon the giant. All right? Tell it. Say, well, I don't know about talking this to the air. You're not talking to the air. You're talking to the thing. And you're not, we have a tendency to want to talk to God about the thing instead of talking to the thing. Am I right? Talk to, talk to the thing. For example, uh, Jesus, when he cursed the fig tree, he talked to the tree. We would have had held hands around the tree, sung kumbaya in, uh, or, you know, some kind of Jewish song where we dance sideways around. And then we would have had intercession. People sign up for taking turns to intercede over the tree. Curse, you know, all kinds of stuff. And talk to God about the Lord. You see the tree. You see, you know, I mean, this is how we do. But instead, he talk, he doesn't even say anything to God. He doesn't pray. He just curses the thing. And I'm telling you, we need to, I've been preaching this for years and I still struggle with it some myself. But we need some of the stuff that we're praying about. God's already given us authority over it. We have to speak to the problem. If you've got bills you can't pay, pile them up and lay your hands on every one of them and say, I, 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 this balance is a lie in Jesus name. I call this paid off. I speak to you. Amen? Or a doctor's report, or a, a tumor, or a growth, or something that's, that's, you know, bothering you. Speak directly to it. Alright, that went over big. <laughs> Kenneth Copeland, his airplane, the, the, the door sealed itself shut. And they couldn't get it open. And he's in a foreign country. Somebody had the bright idea. 
And they ran every test they could electronically, digitally. The door won't open. Because it's not just mechanical. You know, it also has to depressurize and release and all. A lot of of things in aeronautics. So they called him. I guess he was at the hotel still waiting for them to get ready to leave. And he he's praying about it. And the Lord says, go out there and say to the door exactly what I tell you to say. And nothing more and nothing less. Well, you know, we want to call the intercessors and everybody and, you know, have a hoedown. <laughs> and make a big, big thing. But, and, and we want to talk to God about the door that, that locked. And he did ask the Lord about it. There's nothing wrong with that. Is there something I need to know? Is there something I can tell them? So one guy, can you imagine this in a foreign country? One guy wants to drill a hole in the door so he can see you know, what's behind there. And he says, you're not drilling a hole in my airplane. Who wants to take off in an airplane that had a hole drilled in it just recently? That's a good way to start metal just coming apart. All that stuff is made very uh, to the highest specs, you know. Well, I'm going to drill a hole in it. You know, to me, that sounds like a backwoods remedy to things. You know, we're going to drill a hole... It's like somebody says, you know, if somebody walks in your office and says, I'm going to look at your computer and they have a hammer, you know, it's concerning that they've brought, or a sledge. Here, let me see it. I got this sledgehammer. Well, praise the Lord. Sledgehammer is pretty good if you're busting up the sidewalk, but not so great for a computer. <laughs> Amen. He said he wanted to drill a hole in the door. And Brother Copeland said, you're not drilling a hole in my airplane. Forget it. So he um, said, "I'm I just y'all don't do anything. I'll be out there. So he drives out there. And the Lord told him what to say. He stood in front of the door and he said it only once. He didn't chant. He stood in front of the door and he said, Airplane that belongs to me, in Jesus' name, I command you to open the door. And like that, they heard a click, and the door opened. Amen. He did exactly what God told him to do, and and they said, he said, let's load up and go. Praise the Lord. Sometimes we need to just speak to the thing. Curse the fig tree. Curse the debt. Curse the lack. Curse the failure. Curse the sickness. Curse the tumor. Y'all don't shout too much. Don't want to get out of hand here. Anyway, I want you to hear what David said to him. This day will the Lord deliver you into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. That's important because the head's doing all the talking. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines. Not only am I going to defeat you, I'm going to defeat your whole army. Under the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with the sword and the spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into my hands. 
And anyway, you know, they ran towards, I'm going to just wrap this up, but they ran towards each other. And David sunk that stone right in his forehead. He fell. He cut off his head. And uh, like he said, <laughs> fed his carcass to the vultures. Amen. And uh, praise God, I just want you to see uh, one more thing is that when you're running toward, always run towards your giant. Don't tuck tail and run away. You always run towards your giant and you run with your mouth talking. And you tell it what's going to happen. Amen. Praise the Lord today. That's how we get the victory. It's a great story, isn't it? And of course, you know, David, David from there on was a man of war and a man of, uh, a, a, a man of victory. Let's lift our hands and thank the Lord today. We're going to keep the live streaming on. We're going to pray for you in just a moment and then we're going to receive an offering, uh, for the convention. Uh, we felt led of the Lord to do that until the convention starts. Amen. But praise God in Jesus name. Those of you that have any kind of, uh, symptom in your body, put your hand where you're suffering. Uh, we'll let the, uh, ask the Lord to touch you there and bring a healing. In Jesus name, we command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors and growths to dry up and disappear. We thank you, Lord, for those with circulation issues or, um, uh, respiratory issues. Uh, heart issues in Jesus name be healed and whole those who have lung and upper respiratory problems uh, their bronchioles and their sinuses be healed those with allergies be healed today in Jesus name from the top of your head to the soles of your feet be delivered and set free from the work of the enemy in Jesus name those who are suffering with mental illness and mental problems Lord we thank you for touching them and healing them in the name of Jesus. And Lord, those who have um, uh, financial need and material need today, may they uh, find uh, provision in Christ this week. Father, we thank you for showing yourself strong in these areas in the name of Jesus. Now lift your hands and praise him. Thank him for the answers to these prayers in Jesus' name.